All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nova Files. I'm Peter, and uh, today I am joined by Ian Miller at Turbo Threat Comics. And then I'm Greg from Sierra Nova. So today we're going to talk about, well, the new Spider-Man movie. Once I mentioned that to the group, we had a, you know, a few more people who wanted to join in, but uh, scheduling being what it is, you got the three of us. So as uh, Greg asked earlier, how many of you have seen the movie and how many times? I've only seen it once. I have only seen it once because of the times that we're living in currently. Yeah, that'll do it. I have a I have a story when I went to go see it though. Before I even got to see the movie. So when I got this is the first time I saw a movie in like two years. Um the last movie I saw was Joker. That was literally the last movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, well, that was like just right before the pandemic, wasn't it? Yep. That's insane. Yeah. Obviously I've watched other movies because my job is literally just a glorified movie watcher. So um <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> me and my friends ryan and amber uh we got there to the mall and got um the tickets but when we got the tickets uh first off things changed because of covid so the ticket booth was not where the ticket booth was it was where the concessions were which i don't understand their logic there there's more people packed next to each other but okay so it, yeah so you had to get your tickets while you also got popcorn and stuff maybe they thought maybe that would save time i don't know um i had to wear a mask obviously so when i was wearing the mask i you already, I, you already can't hear when i'm talking half the time so this you you i have to like try to like talk over all these other people that are surrounding me and i have to talk and make this lady hear me and I said 12.30 Spider-Man. And she gave us an 11.30 ticket. And I was like, I, I didn't know that she got gave us 11.30 ticket. And also she gave, uh, we all, all three of us had these uh, premiere passes for Regal, which means you can basically see the movie for free. Um, but what I was very confused by was she's like, that's $6. Or yeah, it was like $6 or nine, oh, $9. Cause it was $3 for each of us because she was, I guess the showtime she picked was an yeah. RPX one, which is like fancy IMAX thing, which I, I don't give a shit about that. So, <clears throat> oh yes, you can see more of the movie. Oh, so, <laughs> so uh, we, we didn't realize the actual time she gave us. We're like, oh, okay. So it's like, oh, actually, I think it was 1230 at 12, um, the movie time. And uh then we wanted to waste some time so we were walking around the mall and then we got back up there because on the second floor and we <clears throat> amber uh ryan went to the bathroom and so did i then we came back out and then she's like uh by the way the ticket is for 11 30 and i was like huh <laughs> and it was already like 12 ish Oh, so no. I'm like, are you serious? We missed like the one movie I wanted to see this entire year, like part of it. <laughs> I'll buy like another ticket and go another time too. Like that same You can't day. just exchange was... the ticket. Oh yeah. So so then I'm like, okay, so I guess that lady couldn't hear me. So we went to the guest services and we changed the ticket time and then they refunded the money because she gave us the wrong ticket, like and theater. So <laughs> wow 
yeah, that little story. Uh, we, we got to see the movie. It was just like a little hassle of what we had to deal with. So if I'm going to add a quick story, mine is more of an after-the-fact story. So I saw it the Sunday of where it came out, and I took my nephew to go see it as a Christmas present. Yeah. So we got in there. We saw it. The only thing I remember in particular about the experience was like the concession line, like everyone in front of us had a particular problem that required five to ten minutes to handle. Uh, but the interesting thing happened the next day. So I live here in uh, Quebec, in Montreal, and we just got another lockdown. Oh, no. So that lockdown started the Monday, the day right after we saw the movie. So all movie theaters and gyms and certain things like that are closed. So my dad gives me a call. It's like, oh, it's a good thing you took your nephew then and then because then you would not be able to see the movie. Uh, uh, all right. I, uh, I, have a, I have a quick uh, story myself. Um, I was having dinner. I was sitting with friends with friends of mine. We were having dinner and they were running a little late. And what happened was, you know, as we're having dinner, it's getting closer and closer to where I should see the movie. I didn't want to miss a thing. So I keep looking at my watch saying, okay, can we please eat? Okay, come on, let's hurry up. Then we missed about 20 minutes of the previews. I got for previews. But we actually ended up seeing the 3D version, but we were like in the second row because that's how packed the theater was. Oh God. Yeah. But folks, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, please see it with a full audience because you wanted the experience yeah. with everybody. Yeah. Well, that's actually like a good thing out of my story. So the original theater we had, our seats were like closer to the screen. So my, I already had like a neck problem. I actually kind of do sometimes because just how I sleep. I sleep mm-hmm. wrong. I'm stupid. So we would be like this. Obviously, people can't see what I'm doing, but like I look like a T Rex and the head is up. And yeah, so that's what I, we would have had to do because we were going to be that close to the screen. But the actual yeah. theater we got to go into, we had like good seats. And I'm like, but there's like that six foot rule because I just don't like people. And there's people like just right next to me. And I'm like, oh, all right, I guess that, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> Um, okay. <clears throat> so, stories aside, what did you guys think of the movie? Oh, man. Um, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. You know, I was seeing a lot of new things, seeing obviously familiar things as well. It was great seeing a lot of these uh, actors portraying uh, these characters again from both um, iterations of the franchise particularly from Tobey Maguire's universe to Andrew Garfield's universe. So that was very exciting. Yeah. Um, I tended to stay away from trailers and spoilers as much as possible. Oh, I tried as as much as possible. Because, like, December, obviously, I saw it, like, a couple days after it came out. I think it was, like, the 19th or 20th or something like that. Yeah, I think it was the 19th. And uh, I was trying to stay away from every spoiler that you could think of. I did see one, but I was just like, I still am going to get excited when I saw that. And like, I was looking at my friend Ryan the entire time because he doesn't really go on Facebook or anything. So yeah, he's, it's very easy for him to not see things unless it was like brother-in-law spoil something. And I'm just like looking at him because there's a hand that just catches a brick. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm a very good lawyer. And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> oh that was, that was exciting. It's like finally. Yeah. 
fortunately, I didn't know anything about that. I just like, oh, there's rumors this, rumors that. And like the only thing I knew for sure was Doc Ock was in the movie. Everything else I had no idea about. And yeah, so I was like, uh, one could say very, very pleasantly surprised about a lot of what I saw in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Sandman was in it, but I did know I, yeah. I was trying to stay away from things, but, mm-hmm. I was, but I knew that like Electro was in it and um and I, I kind of knew that all the Spider-Man were going to be in it, even though like they were trying their very hardest to not say that they were in it. But yeah, I had become, to sh- yeah, I'm sure it was like a Brazilian trailer, or there's like a trailer they put out in Brazil, and they photoshopped it out or like edited it out. Yeah. That Lizard is getting punched by like Andrew Garfield. I think it's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Yeah. But he, like it's just a just invisibleness hitting him, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, but. Not- now we kind of live in the age of fake trailers. Like, if I, I one thing I remember is like, uh, what was there? Uh, in Avengers: Infinity War, where you saw yeah. the Hulk with everybody else, but in the actual movie, he was in the Hulkbuster armor. Yeah. But uh, but to continue on that topic, generally speaking, what'd you guys, uh, Greg? What'd you think of the movie? Uh, it's probably my top Spider-Man movie. I, I do like the Spider-Man Two, so yeah, like Tobey Maguire one. So I, I think it's probably like either equal to that or probably like a lit, like a step up from that because everyone says Spider-Man Two is like the best superhero movie. Um, a lot of people say that, but yeah, I think that yeah. kind of like tops it just because there's more. <laughs> I will say this though: if you want to say that this is the best Spider-Man movie, it also come kind of comes with the fact that you have to have seen all the other Spider-Man movies to yeah. like really appreciate it. Like yeah. I enjoyed this movie a lot. But there is one thing I definitely felt at the end of the movie. I'm like, huh, they made this movie with the, with the possible idea that they're not going to continue being connected with Marvel anymore. Like, that's how I felt at the end of this movie. It's like, oh, they did all this just so, like, they can keep these characters but give the Peter Parker a clean slate. Well, yeah, there is that sense. But I also, I think the fact, the fact that this universe knows Spider-Man knows the character, doesn't know who was behind the mask, he's still going to be connected in a way, if you, if you think about it. Yeah, but how do we put this? It's bullshit reason magic stuff, okay? We just bullshit magic reason stuff because, oh, they made a little shrine to Peter Parker in the school, so did that just disappear? Did every single video file in the world disappear? I like to think so. But again, I understand. You understand your reasoning, Peter. You you were very uh, smart and intelligent about this because that was a question that I did have. But I there's a point where we had to go to um, what's the phrase? Suspensive disbelief. Yeah, for sure. It's more of a question of that. I kind of it triggered that bad taste of one more day in my mouth. Yes. You know what I, I mean? Like it triggered yes, I, that. I hate that storyline. I I will continue to hate it. For the time I'm by him, how old I am now, to my death. I hate that storyline. They were actually like teasing like that would have been the storyline for that. Yeah. But yeah. But no, but generally speaking, that's what the uh, the one more day retcon was that it was a combination between Doctor Strange and Mr. Fantastic wiping the world's memory and information systems of all things that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Uh, so like they, you know, they directly lifted that essentially, but now just Doctor Strange and 
I'll, I'll give this opinion about the ending and it will circle around, but the one thing I'll definitely say about that ending, it felt more Spider-Man than all the Spider-Man movies. It actually did because now he understands the real consequences of leaving, leading this double life and also the risks he's not willing to take again. Oh yeah. Consequences. It's basically uh, the world continuously fucks over Peter Parker and he just keeps saying, please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> I think the ending is pretty cool just because um, I think Hobgoblin could probably come because he's not going to... Ned doesn't know him now. Yeah. <laughs> and he could have said, like, hey, what's up? Like, I was your best friend. Yeah. And now he... Like MJ could probably meet him in some other form, and then he'll get jealous, and then he'll you know turn. Yeah, he was very. It was very easy for him to use <laughs> to open a yeah. portal. So I think that could happen. Um, I think the venom of some sort will be in there. I hope it's not Agent, <clears throat> um, just because that Flash Thomas is fucking stupid. Um, yeah well the whole agent venom thing works because uh, I know it sounds uh, very uh, uh, jerking off the American military but he was a military officer he lost his legs uh, he was uh, you know he was a vet he was uh, the only way they can make that work with that guy that plays Flash is they either make him not a, like a joke like a comic relief type thing mm-hmm. and he then like probably people actually like feel for him because he's like this rich like privileged like douchebag basically throughout the yeah. entire other two movies fall in the third one kind of and mm-hmm. then doesn't does go to like harvard or something or mit i think it was like a mit not saying that just only rich people can get into those schools but <laughs> i'm just saying so he's gonna go there maybe he like doesn't get a job or whatever he wants and then he is forced into like the military yeah. somehow for some reason and then that, maybe people will start feeling for the character. Just yeah. No, it's like Agent Venom is a great character, a great concept, just doesn't fit in right now with what they have. But yeah. uh, generally speaking, like what I predict is going to happen in the next movie is we're going to get Black Cat and we're going to get that weird love triangle happening. <laughs> yeah, because they love the love triangles in these type of stories. But okay, that would be interesting. Media itself is in. Uh, adoration with love triangles like anything you see as that like will they won't they thing anyways but let's talk about the movie like uh from plot basically you know peter suffering the consequences of what happened with mysterio his identities out in the open uh, there is the whole legal troubles but fortunately matt murdoch gets him out of that so that was a great cameo which is really funny because a spoiler alert for hawkeye it was like two days after the season, the series, uh, the before last episode of Hawkeye, where it was revealed Kingpin was uh, the villain. Yes, I yeah. think they did that on purpose. One, Hawkeye takes place at Christmas. They're like, oh, we're going to give you guys Christmas presents. And literally, Christmas present is Daredevil and yeah. Kingpin. <laughs> exactly. And then I think the new Spider Man movie is a little bit before Christmas because I think yeah. when it ends, it's thanks. Uh, no, it's not thanks. No, it ends. It actually is Christmas because you see the uh, tree up in Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Because they even mentioned the new Statue of Liberty in. 
in uh, Hawkeye. Which I think is totally ridiculous, you know, they had that shield there because... Okay, let's be honest. If we lived in that world and you found out that Captain America died to bring back half the people on the planet, okay. I'm surprised... Right. I'm if surprised... We go, yeah. If we want to go there, sure, sure. I, yeah. will, I, will, I will allow that. that. That's fine. Yeah. I am literally surprised there isn't like a monument to Tony Stark and, and Steve Rogers in every fucking city in that universe. Okay, like if like at this point in the Marvel Universe, they, they'll probably deify uh, 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 Tony S. Stark. But anyways, continue on with the plot just so we get a synopsis of everything. Uh, suffering the consequences. Uh, so then he's like, oh, well, I can, my friend, me and my friends can't get into college and my life's a total wreck. Let me go to the magic guy and see if we can fix that. Yeah. Um, uh, lo and behold, we did not properly consider the uh, terms of the spell and things got fucked up for a very stupid reason. I'm just like, dude, can, can you not just take like two minutes to talk about the specifics before you start the magic? Yeah, yeah I was like, Pierre, what the hell are you doing? There's a, there's a meme that I saw and it's like, hey, Doctor Strange, can you just like make this... Mysterio just not exist. He could have just done that. <laughs> no plot. Like, it would be done. <laughs> but, like, you know, I'm no, it, It's one of those, like, oh, every cinema sins, how it should have ended, honest trailers, everyone's going to go on that point and, and break it down as, like, this is very contrived for plot reasons. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're like, it's already been done, folks. It's already happened, so... Oh, I know, I know. I just had... For us, as avid yeah. consumers of media, like we're far more like, uh, dude, come on, you, you could have done better. <laughs> there yes. could have been any other myriad of reasons why that spell went wrong, rather than like Peter just bickering and like, oh, and this person, oh, and this person, oh, and this person. Yeah, I think at that point, uh, when it happened with the finale of Loki, you know, when she stabs, you, you know, um, was it, what, what's his name? You know, Sylvie? Yeah. And she causes the multiversal war. That could have been easily connected to that. It could be like he said, like there's something wrong. Like it's like because the multiverse now at this point would be relatively new. Yeah. So it could be like there's there's something wrong. Like at the last time I did the spell, like it went completely right, but like something's changed in the multiverse. Like yeah. just say something like that. And I think it would have been fine. Rather, and this just makes Peter look like an idiot. That makes Doctor Strange look like an idiot, too. Well, I think Peter was just concerned with the fact that, you know, that he would be totally alone. He was thinking you know, with his heart than he was with his head. Yeah. Uh, so continuing on the plot, this uh, uh, brings in basically all the villains from the past Spider-Man movies. So Peter's got to track them down, uh, get them contained. But then they realize, oh, if we send them back, they're all just going to go back to die. So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is a, which is like a pretty like uh, a trope I remember. It's like, why do villains in all superhero movies die? Yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. my own comics. I don't want to kill them all just because of the fact I don't like. I want to keep doing stuff with them. So, well, yeah. Well, why do you think characters like Joker never get killed off? Because if they do, then you can't use them in stories. Whereas, like, I'm surprised that there's not a single one random cop in all of uh, Gotham City. That just snuck into his cell and just unloaded like six rounds into the Joker. Well, you're, te you're telling me there's not one person in that fucking police department who's been like, <laughs> just 
Fuck it. <laughs> I'll do it myself. I don't care. I, Get the I, fucking I, statue I, made out of him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the uh, the security at Arkham Asylum and as well as those other places were like, yeah, you all, you all did what we wanted to do, but should you have done it? Yes, we, I should have done it because for God's sakes, now the nightmare's over. No, the nightmare's not over. You still got to deal with all these motherfucking uh, good villains in the back here. He may have been yeah. the worst of it, but still, you guys deal with, deal with all of that. What, yeah, what but like we about, got rid of Joker, though. <laughs> what I like about this Spider-Man of the MCU Spider-Man movies so far is um, I, I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. All, yeah. all three. Or, you know, and, you know, Avengers and all that other stuff. But <clears throat> he was using, like, Stark tech for basically all of it. And yeah. all the ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, he becomes his own man. Yep. Then he has that suit. Um, what's also good is he lost a person that's of interest, a very big person. So he is a very emotional and he's not pulling punches. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm like, that's what I said. Like, it's it's very, and I both like and hate this. It's a very um, Spider-Man thing where they just completely, the world just completely shits on Peter Parker and everything about him. Yeah. Like, I was actually very surprised to see that they killed off Aunt May. Like, that was a shocker to me. Oh, but sorry. Sorry, folks. You should have done your job to see the film. So sorry. <laughs> oh, come on. We've dropped so many spoilers already. Um, there is a thing going around that uh, Marissa Tomei wanted to like have a oh, lesbian God. experience as Aunt May. She wanted that would have been interesting. That, that, yeah, that would have been. Oh, I think they're like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. So they like yeah. killed. It. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, at that point, they can never get the movie in China, right? You know, Disney really uh, cares yeah. about the China books. Yeah. Let me look uh, at Returnals. We'll grab in there. But I will say this, though. Uh, I do like what happens with Doc Ock. Yeah. Like, it, the whole thing about him is that he wasn't in control of himself. Like, the, the arms are controlling. He makes something to actually fix it. And he, like, oh, my God, what have I been doing? Yeah. And, like, Sandman's, uh, how do I put this? Sandman's uh, uh, turn of face was dumb. It's like, dude, like, just, just help out. He, and just, things. he was just, like, he wanted to get home. Yeah, like he was just fed up. That's how he. That's how he was in Spider-Man Three. Was he just? He didn't want to actually. He yeah. wanted. He did. But I love that he was helping Spider-Man at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, Spider-Man, you remember me? It's Split Marco. Like, oh, because yeah, they, they ended up on good terms. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you know, then uh, basically we finally got a Sinister Six movie done right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know all the the characters like. I feel you get closure for all the villains in a way. Like everyone's doing well, like they get better endings and that. Cause you know, in the older movies, they, they got to do the dark ending. They got to kill off the villain. But now it's like, no, like we're actually trying to help them. Yeah. And, uh, and then I love that you're also getting closure for the old Spider-Man. Yeah. Even though okay. I think they, they could do another of each. <laughs> yeah. Because there are, there are, um, there, they're actually trending Spider-Man 4 and Amazing Spider-Man 3 around it now because I wouldn't mind seeing a mature Peter Parker of Tobey Maguire's, uh, you know, in a movie. You know, I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I would actually prefer it if we continued their stories in Spider-Verse. Because 
let's be honest. I think Tobey Maguire might be a little old or might not be as interested in doing those kind of stunts. I, I, I don't know. The guy's CG now, and plus you got Michael Keaton as Batman again. So, yeah. But it's they also like a real thing anymore. It's also a question of like we're releasing another Spider-Man movie, but we're releasing a different Spider-Man movie than the ones you've been watching recently. I just think the Spider-Verse franchise would be the perfect place to continue their stories. Yeah, yeah, point there is one thing. This was a very selfish desire that I wish they, that he just said this or something like that. Like, you know, when you have the three Spider-Man and they're making the, the goblin cure and the cures for the other villains. Yeah. And like, you know, you have Tobey Maguire. It's like, you know, we've had some rough patches, but me and MJ, we made it work. And it's like, I know it's very selfish, but I'm a big Spider-Girl MC2 fan. I'm like, I just wish he had like dropped like, oh, like, you know, maybe they had a daughter or something. See, this is why you should probably ask for another movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are doing like, they want like another uh, Amazing Spider-Man because he, he kind of redeemed himself in this one. Yeah, because you know he couldn't save Gwen. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that moment, like for somebody who saw that scene, like he knew what he was doing at that point. No, I'm not making the same mistake. And he saves like MJ. Yeah. Which is a very Spider-Man thing. Like, oh, Goblin threw uh, Gwen Stacy off the bridge. I throw MJ off the bridge. Oh, that's not gonna happen this time. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Goblin, Jesus Christ, man, he's so good. He is the man. He really owns that part. Uh, when he said, I'm something of a scientist myself, I'm like, <laughs> you didn't just say that. I just yeah, like can I just say all the performances? Go, go ahead, Greg, go ahead. Oh, I just like the whole fighting scene with uh, Goblin and Holland's Spider Man. Like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. In the, the building? And ceilings. And <laughs> Yo, poor Happy, though. It's like the place got demolished. And yeah. that fabricator, too. Like, very borough fight. Um, in fact, a lot of the fights in this movie were very intense. You know, the first fight obviously with Doc Ock, but where we get to Green Goblin, it's much more uh, violent. Yeah. yeah. Well, at a certain point, uh, you know, Peter made Doc Ock his bitch by like, oh, the, the nanotech. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing that I like about this Spider-Man that's different than the other ones is that he's hasn't gone at this alone he's had tony stark to mentor him a little bit he's worked as part of a team he's he's been an avenger like even though it wasn't a lot but he's different from the others because even like at the beginning like you know his, his uncle inspired him he wanted to do good things and all that but now it's like oh cool like i'm a team player i know how to work but now like i've been hit with the parker curse and my life has to get taken away from me and I have to lose all my uh, connections to other people. So I just, so we can tell Spider-Man stories where I'm suffering all the time. I know that's, I know that's a little dark of me to say, just that I've been reading Spider-Man comics for a very long time. And I just, I always feel that Marvel goes back to that and that, well, we have to uh, completely destroy Peter's life so we can build it up again and destroy it again, because that's what makes the character endearing. Well, you're correct about that because that's what keeps the audience, uh, it keeps him relevant because you connect with him. Yeah, you know, for sure. We've had days but, where, you know, we, we get knocked down. How do we get ourselves back up again? Which is why I sincerely hope that we get a sequel to this movie. I think and that, there's a whole other trilogy that's coming and I think it's going to still be his Spider-Man. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm, but my question is, is it still going to be linked with the rest of the Marvel universe, or are they going to be standalone? I think it's still going to be linked. There's characters that were in the like sky or whatever when he's like, oh, there's they're coming through now, and I can't like stop it. Yeah. Did you see any of those people? I haven't like because I only saw the movie the, the one time and. I looked at the characters. I, could, I didn't have enough time to like really get a good look at them to recognize. What would be, what would be very marketable, very easily to market, is okay. if you do Craven, because I think Craven is in the next PlayStation Spider-Man game. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. he could totally be in it. Venom, 100% some form is going to be in it um, because of that one credit scene. And I think Scorpion. I kind of wanted Scorpion to be in this one just yeah. because he was teased like earlier and yeah, vulture could have been in it too i don't know mm-hmm. maybe he's too busy like being batman but <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but yeah there was scorpion craven i think rhino but i think yeah, rhino was definitely in there but he was not in a um advanced battle armor that we saw in uh amazing spider-man 2 i think this was actually the muscle suit yeah like the one that you kind of grew up on probably over yeah. the yeah. Paul Giamatti one. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the thing is like, well, Daredevil crossed over into it. Maybe we'll get a more street level story for the next Spider-Man movie. I wouldn't mind saying that, you know, getting back get back to basics type of feel. Like, you know, like teaming up with Daredevil or teaming up with any other street level heroes, maybe fighting the Kingpin. Like, I think he's going to be in a bunch of different things now, Daredevil, yeah. because I, I've been seeing that he's going to be like placed all over, like sprinkled in places. Well, I can definitely see him crossing over with the new She Hulk series. Yeah, that's possible. Oh, yeah, I think that's one of the things that they were saying. Um, yeah. And he could be at maybe at some point, there's going to be an Echo show. So I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. So he might be in there. I, I know it sounds silly, but like Echo was a very interesting character when she was introduced in the comics. But then they did nothing with her and they brought her back like two years later, and people asked, What the hell happened to you anyways? Like I was reading what was I think it was New Avengers. It was like right after Secret Wars. Uh, no, it was right after Secret Invasion. Uh, during the whole like hammer arc. And I'm just reading, it's like, oh, cool. We have Echo, who's going to be the new Roman. Why isn't she in the book anymore? What happened to her? <laughs> she just, like, disappears. And I'm like, and I've always remembered her like that. I've always remembered her as a very forgettable character. Like, very cool introduction. But, like, she has, she doesn't stand out to me as a character. And even less so in the Hawkeye show. Yeah, she's pretty quiet. Well, yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. No, but still, um, there's something about her. You don't know quite what it is, but there's something about her. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Honestly, I'll see what they do with it. But like, just from her introduction in Hawkeye, it's like it kind of feels like her story arc has been completed. Yeah, it could be. I Hawkeye is, I think, my favorite Disney Plus show. That they put it was in. really good. Um, I like yeah, street level I, stuff more. That's why a bunch of my characters and my own stuff is more street level, kind of like they deal with like bigger threats, but most of it yeah. is like street level stuff because I, I just like daredevil kind of stuff. 
yeah, no, the whole thing was really good. And like, what was it there? They, they teased at the end, his wife was a shield agent or something like that. Yeah. I'm guessing, I, I get the feeling that she was probably Mockingbird. Yeah, I think I got that sense too. But of course, people were like, oh, wait a second, Bobby was uh, Mockingbird. I'm like, there could have been more than one Mockingbird, guys. I mean, come on. I thought they also, like, code names. Of, I thought they got rid of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as like canon or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. But um, no, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon is not the same as the movie canon. But uh, I'm just saying like, oh, just because they use a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does not mean they can't use that character in the MCU. That's I sincerely doubt they'll ever use humans in the MCU at this point, but no. I also personally think that they should not use mutants in the MCU. Well, they're going to, and I think it's going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> well, you know, Scarlet Witch, but there's other people I think that are going to be in that. Yeah, but here's the thing. I feel like the mutants work better in their own separate universe compared to the main Marvel universe. Yeah. Even in the comics, I've always felt that. It's like, the, the things that the X-Men deal with seem like so global and world-shattering, but why are only the X-Men dealing with it? Where, where are the Avengers at these things? It's like, it just... And the fact that, oh, well, we have mutants all over the world. I'm like, and we just automatically go, mutant, kill! It's like, wow, you can do all this crazy stuff? Cool, let's employ you. It's, I've always felt like the X-Men is the biggest... Um, suspension of disbelief in any comic I've ever read, honestly. Like the X, the yeah. X Men were great when they're just by themselves. See, <laughs> well, we had an Avengers versus X Men uh, storyline. You saw yeah. Scotty Eisner working with the Avengers, so I guess I guess it sort of works with it's just them, you know, doing their own thing. But sometimes you kind of need a little, uh, little bit of the X-Men to help out when there's a big threat coming to destroy everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that's a general superhero thing. But, like, you see, like, the X-Men are kind of racist in their own way and that this is a mutant problem. You should stay out of it. Like, they're very, like, seclusionary, and it's even worse in the current arc, from what I understand. Yeah, but I thought I've had this conversation before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have, but just so we can finish the topic, but whenever I've watched the X-Men cartoons, like X-Men Evolution, the 94 series, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, they all stand alone greats. Like the worlds make sense because mutants are the only things in that world. But whenever I read the comics, I'm like, ugh. Anyways, I, long story short, keep the X-Men in their own space, okay? It's like, uh, if we're going to do segregation, let's do it for mutants. <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe right. it'll prove you wrong and i'm moving if i'm proven wrong i am more than happy i'm an avid consumer of media so bring I it on you could have rogue be in the marvels movie and then kill brie larson i mean what <laughs> oh man oh i'd be dark i am sorry cat the marvel fans i am so sorry there are fans um <laughs> honestly like my favorite interpretation of that entire like character that all, yeah. so. <laughs> my uh favorite interpretation of captain marvel miss marvel did you ever watch earth's mightiest heroes of uh, the avengers cartoon yes miss marvel was done fantastically in that show like she was voiced by jennifer hale um 
very amazing voice actress. Yeah. And the character just felt real. You know, she was fresh out of the military. Uh, she was on equal footing with everybody else. You know, they teased her when she first joined the team because they they have to haze everyone. But you know, she was the type of person who's like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm gonna stand my ground and I'll die fighting if I have to. Yeah. But she was powerful, but she was never the most powerful. And I feel like when you advertise a character, this power this character is the most powerful. It's like you just automatically kind of either get a little bit of hatred or like really the most powerful, like. Because then you look at Hulk and Thor, like you're never sure who's stronger because, like, you know, they butt heads. Like, oh, Hulk can win on this kind of day. Uh, Thor can win on this kind of day. But they're like, well, Miss, well, Captain Marvel can beat them at any day. I'm like, okay. No, she could not smart Thanos in Endgame. I mean, well, good for her, but then he kind of be gone thought at her. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. She didn't outsmart him. Her, yeah. her movie, I just didn't like. And the only thing in that movie I liked was Blockbuster. That was <laughs> the only thing. In you know, movie. I was talking with a friend of mine, and I think the main problem with the movie was how they did the resolution of the, the conflict at the end. Her entire thing was at the end, like, oh, I removed the chip and I've gotten rid of my limiter. I'm at my full power. It kind of felt cheap. What I would have done instead, if I was writing it, you know, Please pay me money to write things. Um, if the uh, Kree, uh, sorry, yeah, the Kree. If the Kree got the Tesseract and then used it as a weapon and she took the full force of it to like maybe protect the Skrulls or to help them and getting a second dose of uh, the Tesseract is what actually uh, triggers her binary form. Because that's how she works in the comics. Her power is that she absorbs energy. And when she absorbs so much of it, she goes binary and she goes really fucking super powerful, which, you know, as a concept makes sense. Like, cool, I'm overloaded with power. I'm going to let it out. And then what you can do in the future with this character is that if you do her next movie, you can be like, oh, all that power she absorbed from the Tesseract is starting to wear off. You're at like 10% of your strength now. And her realizing that how her powers work, she has to absorb energy. She's been working at 150% of her power this whole time. But now that the, the Infinity Stones are gone, she has no way to power up. And now that the Tesseract's gone, she has no way to power up. And she's basically used up all that energy over the years because she thought that was her, her normal output. Whereas she just absorbs so much energy, it's taken her this much time to actually use it all up. Hmm. Now tell me as a plot, like cool you have her, her hero moment you have her moment of trying to sacrifice herself to help people and then you have the reward being she gets her power to binary form and she keeps that for like the next 20 or so years it keeps her from aging but then you do her next movie like how do we put conflict into her next movie her powers are running dry because her power is power absorption and even the tesseract is not infinite energy yeah I'm still gonna see like the Marvels movie. Just yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Maybe she will die. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually more. I, I actually really like uh, Monica Monroe. Like, uh, yeah. she, she's a very interesting character, and she was the first female Captain Marvel. So yeah. let's give some respect where respect is deserved because she was the OG Captain Marvel. Uh, she was also part of that. Um, that oh my god, what was that the name of that that comic where they fought broccoli men and machine man was on the team? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. It's like, like uh, they had a team. She had a team up with Aaron Stark, with the Machine Man, and some other like lesser known characters, like that one like redheaded girl in in yellow who fights monsters with a sword. Uh, God, what am I thinking of? I don't know, but Broccoli Man. All right, I, I'm gonna look it up. Captain Marvel. Fireweed. Machine Man. Dips him in like cheese sauce and like, yeah. <laughs> I use the power of broccoli. How do you, why is that a thing? I, I don't know how that's a power. How is that a power? Next wave, Agents of Hate. Is there still they, a broccoli man in there? Are they trying to make yes. broccoli like cool for kids? And they're like, see? Well, it was kind of a joke dreams, comic, but it was it's it's actually a really good comic. It's called Next Wave. Like they were a team of like some like lesser known heroes. Mm. Uh, and one one of the character the heroes was Captain Fuck because uh, <laughs> he was like a very <laughs> And like it, it's Captain, and then like F, and like you know the the, the censoring. Mm -hmm. It's because he could never think of a good name, and every time he was trying Captain, uh, Captain, ah, fuck. <laughs> so, and the thing is, like he has like all these uh, memories. He's like super powerful, but like, oh, let's see here, who was on the team? I have it here. Uh, Elsa Bloodstone, the Captain, Monica Rambeau. Tabitha Smith, uh, so that's uh, Boom Boom, uh, Aaron Stark, and Dirk Anger, whoever the freak that is. It was actually a really like pretty good comic, Next Wave Agents of Hate. Mm. And like I think they fought like this guy who was making uh, minions out of broccoli in one thing. I, 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 it's like one, of, it's like the Ghostbusters Afterlife where you have all those mini. Uh, Steve Pub Marshmallows. I'm now picturing many broccoli men, you know, just coming out of the bags. Okay, so if you look at the, the cover, it's like uh, you have them holding signs like, we don't care, please love us. Mark Miller licks goats. <laughs> and it was actually written by Warren Ellis. Warren has a wicked sense of humor, so. Yeah. Anyways, Monica Rambeau, she deserves respect. Yeah, she but does. I am kind of afraid what they're going to do with uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Well, because I'm reading she's going to have like power blasting powers now rather than stretchy powers. Uh, because, yeah. Because apparently the embiggening powers are too hard to do in live action for a TV show. That's weird because like there's gonna be like Fantastic Four. So. <laughs> yeah, so what the hell? Yeah, but that's going movie. Whereas Kamala Khan's gonna be like a TV show. It's like, and it's like, oh, we gotta explain why this like a teenage girl can suddenly become huge and stretch herself and possibly shape shift. They could do it. They could do it. Yeah. Like well, they I. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys remember that Avengers video game that came out uh, like a year or two ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I play it sometimes. Is it good? It could be better. Oh. Yeah. I, I like it, but there's certain things that could be better. Yeah, but I actually 
I didn't play it, but I watched all the other cutscenes online because it's like it's basically a movie in of itself. I thought Kamala Khan as a character story-wise and her place in that series is actually very well done. Yeah. She's a very interesting character. She's like the newbie of the team. She's the, the kid sidekick of the team. Uh, she's like the one who brings them back together. And she has an interesting power set in the, in the games. And they did her well. And I'm just like, oh, if they can do that with the new Kamala Khan, it, that'd be interesting too. I think they will because a lot of the times the Marvel writers, they do write those video games. And sometimes Marvel Studios do hire those writers that, you know, to come in and actually, you know, supervise and say, okay, you should probably do this, but don't do that. You know, make it more like this. So mm -hmm. they're really very clever when they uh, come up with, uh, you know, you know, being true to the source material. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But, you know, if, uh, if Captain Marvel's any indication, uh, let's okay. just hope... Uh, Miss Marvel is handled well. Okay, there are there are some rare exceptions to the case <laughs> that don't work. I will admit that. Internals, for example, I felt didn't work a lot ways. I did not see that. I'm just waiting. Neither have I. I I enjoy what I saw, but the problem I have with it was it's two a subplots. Oh. Well, that's the, that's like, the key thing, folks. You know, that's the key thing with any storytelling. Keep a minimum subplots. Do not oversaturate the story with it. Well, just look at it. How many main characters were in that movie? Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are at home, uh, Ian is currently counting on his fingers how many characters were on that. <laughs> and I think I believe I have counted at least six. I'm very sorry that it's not visual. It's all sound. But I believe there were like six characters, but I can't be certain. Yeah. In the sense that it's an interesting concept, The Eternals, but I just feel like it wasn't well done. Like, I'm waiting for it to be on video on demand to watch it because, like, I didn't how do I put this? None of my friends wanted to go see it. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to see this by myself. I don't feel like paying full price. I just couldn't find the time. And I'm like, I'm just and now I have another lockdown. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just wait a few months and see it online. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be on Disney Plus, I think like next week or something like that. So yeah. I'll just watch it then. Yeah, actually, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is now on video on demand. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I didn't see it yet. So Sweet. I want to see that. I'll probably watch it tonight. I will say I very thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, the ending, it really does get, you know, it does get a bit emotional. Hmm. But as long as it's, uh, what's a more emotional ending? That or Spider-Man uh, No Way Home? Oh, God, here we go. Uh, okay, those, I think in terms of emotion, they're two completely different categories. You know, one is emotional for, both are emotional for specific reasons that are in their own universes. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because uh, just to say this, when I did see it, I saw it with my nephew, and we both looked at each other at the end, and my nephew's like, that's it? That's how it ends? I'm like, I really hope they do another movie, because that, like, that ending was so sad, it kind of ruined the movie for me. I, I will get, I will give you that, it was sad, this, and yeah, they're obviously going to do another one, because he's still out there, he still exists. Yeah, there's this uh, photo going around of uh, it's a screen cap from um, 
Breaking Bad, where it's like him and the girl, and they're just standing over a pile of money. Okay. And it says Disney, Sony. I guess we can do one more Spider-Man yeah, movie. I saw, saw that like today, actually. <sighs> I'm like, look, if Disney and Sony, I'm pretty sure they're gonna work something out because there's way too much money to be made with absolutely Spider-Man. The, the money that's made so far in the box office guarantees another another sequel. Another sequel. I'm picturing like another three sequels. And let's not forget Spider Verse. Yes. Because now that we've officially established the multiverse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what's to stop Tom Holland from doing cameos in Spider Verse? Hell. What's to stop us from just having Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield voicing their characters in Spider Verse? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The sky's the limit now. Yeah. So on that topic, what car- what Spider-Man do you want to see the most in Spider-Verse? Oh God. Uh. Huh. I'll start. It's uh, Mayday Parker Spider Girl. All right. Like, yeah, the 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 daughter of Spider-Man and MJ. I think she'd be like really fun in Spider-Verse. Oh, I think she should have her own movie. Oh God, yeah. I just want to see it. So Miles, okay. Because I think we're getting, uh, yeah, we're definitely getting Spider-Man twenty nine, uh, twenty ninety nine in the next one. So part, yeah. There's two parts to it. So there's part one, and then there's part two that comes like a year or two after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I was actually thinking about this earlier in the week. It's like, man, Spider-Man's been doing crossovers with himself like since the nineties. Like, do you guys remember that uh, Spider-Man '90s cartoon? Yeah, and then they, like uh, they have this event where like, oh, a, a Spider-Man from another dimension was going to end the multiverse, so they had to get a team of Spider-Man together to stop him. So they got like of all the all the different toys they had on the on the shelves at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so they got like Ben Riley, they got a Doctor Octopus Spider-Man. They got six arm Spider Man. They got Spider Armor Spider Man, and random actor who plays Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember seeing that. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But then you think about it, it's like, oh, we got Spider Verse. We got uh, uh, in the comics, and then we got the show, and then we got like all these other spiders that, that team up together. I'm like, you know, the more I think about it, Spider Man is really a franchise where he just teams up with other Spider Man. <laughs> And most of the time, it's other versions of, of himself. Yeah. Which I got to say, in spoiler for Spider-Verse, the moments you have between the three different Spider-Man are just amazing. Oh, absolutely. I love the jokes. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, he uh, fell into a, a, a bat of eels and he got his powers. Really? My guy <laughs> fell into the stand and he got his powers. It's like they're all just even the villains are making the same joke. It's like, wow, you gotta really be careful when you fall. Yeah. Or that, that web I, stuff just comes out of you. <laughs> that was a that was a great uh, joke. I was like, oh finally, somebody's actually going on this. <laughs> Wait, what are what are web shooters? It's like it's like, oh no, no, it's because me and the other spider, we can't do that. So we're just like naturally curious. It's like that's a legitimate question. <laughs> so does it only come out of like your your <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or does it come out other places? 
then of course oh. there was the iconic uh, I once fought an alien in black goo once. Yeah. Oh, I fought an alien too, but it was in space. Yeah, oh, it was in space. Yeah, in space. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm still hung up on the fact that you fought an alien in space. That's like that's pretty cool. <laughs> but my favorite one is like uh, I had a best friend once. He died in my arms. Jeez. It's like. Yeah, I had a best friend too. He, he kind of uh, became my greatest enemy. And then Ned's like, I promise I will never become a superman. You don't know that. <laughs> We're fucking Ned. Uh, but Ned got some good love in this. Like, oh, he got the, he, <laughs> the grab the flame ring from Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, that was that. Yeah. Like, Doctor Strange was utilize the right amount in this movie it's like eh this is your problem <laughs> fuck off yeah, scooby-doo this crap <laughs> yeah. and then he's like and then they call him out on it it's like fuck you're right i have to help yeah but i what i loved about the, the last scene that he was doing with uh that he had with peter that last moment was you know how much you know he was still still reluctant you know not to forget him. Yeah. You got that sense. My question, though, is does he remember Spider-Man and working with Spider-Man? Like, everyone forgot who Peter Parker was. But that is, does that mean all the different uh, Avengers he worked with, do they just remember him as Spider-Man? Do they remember him being there? Do they remember working with him? I think they remember him as Spider-Man. I think that's that's plausible because a lot of the times that Peter was in the mask. Yeah. So it's, that's possible. I completely agree with you. It's just that even with One More Day, when they first did it, everything was just so poorly ill-defined. And I just hate that whole story contrivance of it. It's like, I'm just thankful Mephisto's nowhere near any of this. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just thankful he didn't try to make a deal with the devil to bring back his aunt. Well, yeah, that 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 I don't think that was ever gonna be in the cards for the movie verse. Remember, that is an actual thing that's happened in the comics. Spider-Man made a deal with the devil. I know, I know, Peter. I know because I told you I hate that fucking storyline. I'm gonna <laughs> hate it for the rest of my life. Oh, I think a lot of people are, but I, I sincerely hope that they're actually slowly retconning it. Uh, actually, uh, and I'll probably end with this on my end, but. I've been reading the new Spider-Man comics and you actually have Mephisto actively messing with Peter Parker. And yeah. his his reasoning for it was that, oh yeah, you know, I see my future. I see myself everything over. But then I see him, Peter Parker, Spider-Man coming at me at the last minute and then everything becomes unclear. But then it actually, uh, that's the story he's telling Doctor Strange. But then the, the, the things it's like, it changes and that he's thinking the story of himself. He's not seeing Peter Parker. He's seeing Mayday Parker coming after him. So like they're teasing that the actual uh, threat, the biggest threat to Mephisto isn't Peter Parker, but it's his progeny. Yeah. Which is why he like went after their marriage, which I always like reading that as a big MC2 fan, I'm like, oh, that's super cool. I want to see where that goes. Uh, I just like that they're actually addressing the whole Mephisto thing now and like they might actually work against it in the comics. Where like I, it feels like over the last few years they've been building up Mephisto as a bigger and bigger threat for multiple people. Yeah. 
it, it does feel like that, especially when it was introduced, you know, being this old powerful being. But now we're seeing how much, how clever the man actually, he, he actually is. You know, you got to think, okay, what's his real end game here? What's, what's the big plan? Yeah, well, you know the age-old saying, the devil's in the details. How did I know you were going to say that? How did I know? Uh, come on, it was like right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but you keep uh, doing this. You keep doing it. <laughs> All right, but uh, oh, we went to, I think, a bit of, we're at an hour, so we got like what? Uh, quite a bit of uh, stuff that we got out there. We got some good uh, topics on Spider-Man. We got some good topics on Marvel in general. Anything else you guys want to close up with for today? Um, I don't think so. All right. How about we do one last shameless plug for our different projects? Greg, why don't you go first? Oh, oh okay. Um, I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> uh, our video game comes out uh, spring 2022. So this year, uh, well, on Kickstarter. It comes out on Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter is already built, so we just have to, you know, start promoting it again. And uh, there's comics because we do that too. Uh, but I'll talk more about that. Probably a different episode somewhere. Nice. Okay. Uh, right now, um, issue three of Codename Hunter is coming out soon. It's going to be, you know, I, the printers, uh, they're going to be a little bit delayed in that. But I will announce the official release day on that. And I'm starting up my own YouTube channel. I'm going to be actually recording an episode sometime next week. So I'm excited nice. about that. Uh, Solar Racer issue two, uh, that is going to be announced very shortly. Well, Ian, if you ever need people on your channel, I'm more than happy to make uh, cameo appearances. Thank you. <laughs> you know me, I love to talk. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, yeah, but you guys love me for it. Uh, on my end, uh, issues one, two, and three of uh, Zenith Knights from Medallion Comics are all available now on Amazon and on uh, Sierra Nova platform. Also, uh, I announced this yesterday on my Instagram. Uh, issue four of Zenith Knights is currently in production, as well as, and it's currently unnamed for the public, a new project that I'm getting started at. As I posted out the first bit of uh, concept art, and just stay tuned to learn about my uh, new upcoming series. And I think uh, people are going to get a real, real good read out of that. All right. So that was our thoughts on Spider-Man movies, media, and all the random stuff in between. So thank you, everybody, for the three people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> we love, we, I love all of you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. Um, I don't know if I will, but yeah. yeah. Well, we'll try to get more and more people on, but you know, this year we're switching to audio only, so if you want to see what we look like, you can always watch our older, <laughs> older episodes. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, you're not seeing all the, uh, the Christmas weight that we've gained on our faces. So. Speak for yourself. I actually lost weight. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you.